We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to a special edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Neil McCready here, Ryan Brown of the next round in Birmingham, kind enough to spend some time with us. Here today, uh, Ryan, it's been a little while since we've talked. It's been a couple of weeks, and uh, stuff has happened in the SEC because stuff happens in the SEC. It always does. Um, I want to start with Alabama because there's this – it was an interesting game with Texas, as I'm sure you guys probably have talked about quite a bit, I'm guessing. It, it's it's There are people that are like, hey, should, should be should there be panic about Alabama? And I'm like, well, no, there shouldn't be panic. They, they've had close games before. But it did look a little different than what we've seen in the past. The penalties, the uh, kind of a lack of discipline. They, they looked a little off. They didn't look very good up front. They, they didn't play particularly well on the back end. And you, you couldn't help but wonder if Quinn Ewer stays in that game. Is it a different outcome? What has been your thoughts here a few days removed from Alabama's narrow victory over Texas? Yeah, it was a tough loss for Alabama, wasn't it, Neil? um yeah i mean people are frustrated they're frustrated uh, over a lot of things over um the penalties to begin with you know 15 penalties 100 yards that gets you beat in most any game against a quality opponent it's only an exceptional play by your heisman trophy winning quarterback that you don't get beat in that game uh they are frustrated by offensive line play alabama they had 181 rush yards but if you dig deeper in the numbers 81 of those came on one rush. So your remaining rush yards are 23 carries for 80 yards. And, you know, people are getting pissed at us this week for for pointing that out. But the reason I point that out is that's indicative of your ability to run when you desire to run. You had one big run play, right? It's a great play. I don't don't eliminate it from the game. It was a touchdown, clearly, one of two touchdowns. But if the question is, can Alabama run when they need to? Well, 23 other carries netted 80 yards. So you tell me, I, I don't, I don't think they can. And, and you, a lot watch of a lot of, you watch a lot of football. Let me ask you an offensive line question that I've started getting a little bit because uh, there was a lot of talk going in the preseason that, uh, that Ole Miss's offensive line, for example, was going to be 
potentially dominant, and it's been sort of disappointing so far. And people have noticed, and it, noticed it in the pro game some, defensive lines appear to be dominating offensive lines in ways that maybe we haven't seen in the past. Is there is there something schematic? Is it is it a product of, of just better athletes on that side of the ball? Or do you even notice it? Yeah. I know I do notice it. I mean, it seems like it's more and more difficult for teams to run effectively consistently on, on both levels. Now, th- that said, in the pro game, you know, Sunday, for instance, Saquon Barkley probably had his best game as an NFL player. That was against a really good Titans defense. So, you know, I guess it's not obviously universal, but I have noticed that it seems more difficult. It seems like the defensive line is winning – more often than not in the run game. Now, I think the trade-off in that, if it's a trade-off, the, the opposite of that is it seems like it's easier to throw against most secondaries now, especially now in the pro game, the rules, it is so hard to play defensive back in the NFL. Almost I mean, you, can't, you, you can't look at the receiver without getting a flag. In college, it's not that way, but it's become increasingly more difficult in college because the quarterbacks have gotten better, the receivers are more skilled, they're faster, and, and you know some of the rules do benefit the offense, not as much as in the pros. So while I think it's become more difficult to run the ball, it should be easier than ever to throw the football if, 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 if you've got any sort of talent at quarterback and receiver. So I interrupted you on Alabama. I'll, I'll summarize it here. Obviously, they're a little more mortal than maybe people thought yeah. they were because I think everybody thought Alabama's just going to roll through the regular season. They're still the favorite in the SEC West. There's no question about that. No doubt. But, but are they – how much more mortal are they than what we thought? I don't know. they got they you know, they got to get better play at receiver. Uh, the receivers struggled to get open until they went to the two-minute drill at the end. And, you know, Joel Klatt, who did the game, comes on our show each week. Um, and he said this, John Parker Wilson, the former Alabama quarterback that's the analyst on the radio network, he comes on our show weekly. He said the same thing. So it's got to be true. I mean, both these guys independently brought this up that Texas changed their coverage. Texas had the lead, and they do what so many coaches do. Like, hey, let's don't let anybody get behind us and burn us. You know, let's quit playing aggressive. Oh, I know it's worked for three quarters, but let's quit doing it now. And then Alabama goes to the two-minute, and all of a sudden, all these passes are open, right? And, oh, by the way, Bryce Young's a pretty good quarterback. So, you know, until Alabama was in the two-minute, their receivers couldn't get open, couldn't get any uh, separation. They had, I think, four straight three-and-outs. They punted six times, which Alabama, there's seasons, it seems like they don't punt six times, you know, when Kiffin and Sarkeesian were the offensive coordinators. So, um, and then the secondary was a complete mess. They could not stay with Xavier Worthy. I agree with you if Quinn Ewers stays in that game. You know, the, the one thing you don't know is how, you know, if it turns into a track meet, how does Alabama's offense react? Like I just mentioned, they were much better in the two minutes. So it's hard to say, oh, they definitely lose the game. But it is a much more difficult win with Quinn Ewers in. I, I cannot tell you how impressed I was with him, Neil. Uh, I mean, he just came out. He was not afraid. He was not intimidated. He just hurled it all over the field. He was so uh, in the groove, looks so good. But, yeah, Alabama's got a plate full of issues that they, they've got to get right. Yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to Sarkeesian. He had his team ready to play. That place was electric. It was uh, No doubt. It was a, a great atmosphere. And if anybody wondered whether Texas can fit into the SEC, I think you can throw those doubts away. They were they, yeah. the, the environment was just fantastic. Yeah, it was. And, you know, in the, in the broadcast, and I don't guess I really realized, I mean, I knew he was at Texas, Gary Patterson. But, uh, you know, Klatt talked about how much input he had had on this defensive game plan. And Sark had said earlier in the week, hey, this game plan has been done for three months. And apparently, 
according at least to the Fox broadcast, it was Gary Patterson, the former TCU coach, who's a defensive genius, that, that had handled the Alabama game plan. And so they had a good, solid game plan on how to slow Alabama down. And the other, the other thing I'll say, and then we can move on, Alabama does not have a receiver that can take the top off a of defense. Now, I think they're going to get help on that. Tyler Harrell, who's the Louisville transfer, that's the fastest player, one of the fastest players on the team. He'll be back October 1st, and so will JoJo Earl. So they should get some help in that department. But that's part of the problem, too, Neil, is, is you're able to defend Alabama in a 20-yard window right now. They can't, they can't push the ball down the field just because they don't have the receiver to do that. I know you expect me to go to Auburn here, but I'm going to Texas A&M because it's a fascinating story. They, they lose to App State, but beyond losing to App State, they had no offense at all. They couldn't stay on the field. They had a big play, uh, score, like a kickoff return. They had a, a long run. Everything else was a complete disaster. Their quarterback plays bad. We heard about quarterback play last year as the great excuse. Well, they played the guy. It was Haynes King, and he's, he's mobile. But he's not particularly accurate. There's not the big arm. Their offensive line play is not good. Uh, A-Chain's a great player. Everybody else is just kind of there. A&M looked really mortal. And they're going into this stretch of games, Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, who's looked good, at Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss. Look, they're not going to lose all those games, Ryan. But the damn sure not going to win them all either. There's something going on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Miami is far from a given to me. I mean, they're, as, as you and I talk here, what, about a five-point fa- favorite over Miami? Five and a half, yep. Yeah, five and a half, that is far from a given to me. And then you just mentioned that that streak of, which Arkansas and Mississippi State games, they lost last year, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, and then you've got Alabama, who's who's hungry for their pound of flesh. They're going to Tuscaloosa. That that could, The losses could easily start stacking up if they can't get this right. I'm just so baffled by this because – I've been told for years Jimbo Fisher is a quarterback's coach, right? He's a quarterback whisperer. He gets the best play out of his quarterbacks. I'm assuming Max Johnson has been abducted by aliens. That's the only reasonable explanation that we haven't seen him. I think they're concerned they can't protect him. Well, I mean, they protect they protect uh, Haynes King. What are you getting out of that? I mean, yeah, I know. You know? Well, I mean, King, I mean, King's mobile. I mean, yeah. it's 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 back to that deal where, you know, look. Mariano Rivera was once a great closer. Yeah. But Father Tom got him, you know? Some, he- I mean, you, you, but here's the thing. This is what blows me away. Appalachian State had just given up 64 points oh. to North Carolina. I think only seven of those were on special teams. Everything else was offensive. And it was with their best wide receiver out of that game against North Carolina. Yeah. And a, and a, yeah. And a young quarterback. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And well, by the way, that kid can play. Can play. Man. He can and, and and he's going to put up some massive numbers because they're going to need all of them because they can't stop anybody. God bless Gene Chizik, who I love. Their defense is atrocious. Yeah, but but anyway, back you know Appalachian State had just given up that kind of number to North Carolina, and you had a hundred four first half yards, one hundred four. I mean that is just baffling to me. I watched that first half and they could not move the ball, and I'm like, God, how many yards do they have? Have they gotten to two hundred? I look at it's 104, and I'm like, Appalachian State couldn't stop running water the week before. And, and they're and you going to play some offenses. where they, they, I mean, look, huh. Miami's going to score some points. Arkansas yep. going to score some points. Mississippi State's going to score some points. You're going to have to have offense to win those games. Yeah, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I don't know the next time they face a team where they've got the better quarterback. And they may not do it the rest of the year. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke for Miami is a better quarterback. Arkansas's good. KJ Jefferson's a better quarterback. Will Rogers at Mississippi State's a better quarterback. Lord knows Bryce Young's a better quarterback. Anthony Richardson. I mean, it 
Anthony Richardson, and then whoever, you know, and then whatever is at Ole Miss. I mean, it, it, it's yeah, it's hey, it's going to be a minute. Yeah, that's what I'm telling. So, you. They're going to play yeah. teams. They they they've. It, it's it's easy for us to go well. They're going to win a bunch of games because they're a And M and blah blah blah. But yeah, but how? I mean, yeah, I, I, you don't know, know. I mean, because and they're going to have to score points to do it. And and if this thing falls apart for them, and no, Jimbo's not getting fired. He's not getting on the hot seat or whatever. But man, the 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 rhetoric around that program with all of the talk about NIL and all of Jimbo's denials and it turning into this thing and you know. It, it, it could get weird on him. Yeah, it could. And let me tell you, a telltale sign, and Neil, you have lived through some coaching searches, so you know how this goes. Uh, we played it on our show today in his Monday press conference. It might be the first time he's been asked this, first time I'm aware of it. He was asked if he would consider giving up play calling. And Jimbo gave the right answer, honestly. He's like, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to win. you know. And the guy even followed up like, so there's no ego that would get in the way that you, you know, and he said, no, there's no ego, which is kind of a funny line. Sure. There, there, there's there's no ego, but I'll do whatever is best for the team, whatever it takes to win. And you know how this goes. You start getting asked that. And then in the event, he has to give up play calling that, you know, whoever he gives it to. That's a critical moment because now now your future's in their hands. It's no longer in your hands. And you've had to admit I've got shortcomings. Like you said, Father Time's caught up. Maybe my play calling worked 10 years ago with Jameis Winston or 12 years ago with Jameis. It doesn't work now. And you, all of a sudden, you know, the emperor's lost his clothes a little bit. So, you know, once you get started, I mean, Jimbo has always been known as an offensive guy. Once he has to start answering legitimate questions about his play calling, I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat, but the clock will start ticking at some point. You know, I do a show with Tyler Siski twice a week, and Tyler, yeah. Tyler made a, a great point along those lines. He said, look, if it goes bad, you know, they can't fire him because $90 million, give me a break. I mean, no. Come, come yeah. on. He goes, but you can go to somebody and go, so here's the deal. You got to bring in an offensive coordinator. Yep. He mentioned Jeff Levy specifically, but it, it could be someone other than Levy. You're going to have to bring somebody in, and you're going to have to let them do this. And we've seen that happen in different places. It very rarely goes well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. No, you're absolutely right. And it's, you know, because then, and I saw it here with Gus Malzahn, you know, Gus got a lot of pressure to bring in an offensive coordinator. And you're going to forgive me, I'm going to forget the order here. But, you know, Kenny Dillingham, I think was the first one who is now at Oregon that he let call plays. And then Chad Morris was a total disaster. No, um, Chip Lindsey, Chip Lindsey. Uh, so it was Chip Lindsey, Kenny Dillingham, Chad Morris. None of them worked out. And then in the end, Rhett Lashley was doing some play calling, who is now the head coach at SMU. And he was always having to answer the question, you know, is were those were you calling the plays or was Rhett calling the plays? And, you know, Gus started out with well, the good ones Rhett called, the bad ones I called. But, you know, people, uh, ha, 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 everybody laughed at first. But as the games went on, an offense would play well. Who was calling the plays today? Was it you? Was it Rhett? So, you know, that's the kind of thing that will plague Jimbo if he can't get this straightened out. And I'm like you, there are no signs that he can. I mean, this is this is not one bad game. We've got a eight-quarter sample size here of an offense that cannot play. No, they're they're at critical point. These these yeah. next two games, if they go badly, it's it's bad. I mean, it it, it it melts down quickly. I mean, I think this Miami game Saturday night late, and my gut tells me AM wins it. They just find a way to win it. But if they don't, the pressure on them, I mean, I'm going to assume an Arkansas win over Missouri State, the 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 pressure that gets on yeah. them in Arlington in a game that is not Texas A&M home field. I mean, it's half and yeah. half, and Arkansas will be geeked up for, uh, yep. for that game because, you know, you start they'll start looking at this thing going, hey, we've got a shot to get 10 wins, 11 yeah. wins, you know, and I don't think they can get there, but that's how they'll be thinking, and they'll smell blood. With with a And M, and that's a that's a huge rivalry game, and and it's a game that frankly Arkansas dominated last year. So yeah, you know it's it's it gets it gets interesting for Jimbo, and then if you it, if you play it out, I mean all of a sudden now you got to go to Mississippi State, and and they look better than I think we expected them to look uh, at least so far. I don't know if they've played anybody that's a true test yet, but you mentioned Alabama, and then after that it just it's Florida, it's Ole Miss, this thing. These things can get weird for teams if you can't reverse the the spiral. And Jimbo says no ego. Jimbo has a huge ego. Oh come on, yeah, I, I yeah. laughed loud when he said that. Yeah, you know, but, oh, no, there's no ego here. Like, okay, Jimbo. Yeah, I know, I know the false humility, but come on, man. Let's. There's ego in every football coach. Huge game for Auburn this weekend at home against Penn State. Feels like a kind of a litmus test here, pretty quick for uh, Brian Harson with Penn State coming in. What's kind of the mood there? They don't look great so far their defense is keeping them in games their offense looks pretty pretty rough Auburn fans are scared to death about quarterback and I said this in the offseason I and I thought Calzada would win this job Neil but I said in the offseason if against Mercer TJ Finley is the guy that rolls out there as starter Auburn fans are going to flat panic and they have and they want Robbie Ashford who played at Hoover played high school at Hoover went to Oregon didn't play any at Oregon was kind of the player to be named later in the Bo Nix trade. Bo goes to Oregon, Ashford comes back to Auburn. And that's who Auburn fans want. Well, he has thrown the ball now uh, seven times in two games, I think it is. 
So you're playing Mercer and and uh, San Jose State, and you're not letting that kid throw. And by the way, one of them was an interception. He threw, uh, he completed a pass, had an interception, had an incompletion in last week's game. Uh, three is ten total passes. It was three last week, seven against Mercer. So uh, Brian Harson and Eric Kiesel, the offensive coordinator, have told you they don't trust him to throw the football. Right. So what he and so what he's become is a change of pace guy. Right. You got T.J. Finley who's big and can't run. So you bring Ashford in, and he does bring a different dynamic. But it's abundantly clear that if if it's running the full offense, T.J. Finley is going to be the guy that's asked to do it. And we've seen enough of him. Again, that, that's a that's a well-known sample size. And he's just not an SEC quarterback. So Auburn fans are panicked about that. The flip side of it is, you know, they get Missouri next, who I don't think is very good. No. Obviously, the Kansas State blasted them over the weekend. They get LSU, who – Still to be determined. I'll be interested to see what they do with State this weekend. So you got that chance to be five and zero if you can get past Penn State. If you get past Penn State, you've got a chance to be five and zero, and that's where everybody said, "Hey, these first five home games, if they're five and zero, maybe Harson has a chance." But if he drops Penn State, you know, now you're looking at four and one, and if you slip up against, you know, maybe LSU, it's three and two, and the Wolves are at the door at that point. What do you think about Saturday? Do you think they beat Penn State? I, I would hedge towards Penn State right now. Um, just because Auburn's quarterback play has been so bad, Neil, they they just they can't consistently move the ball. They turn it over a lot. The the offense is disjointed. You got a guy that's a first year offensive coordinator, and he's having to call plays for two quarterbacks, neither one of which is a proficient passer. Um, you got a really good running back. And offensive line, by the way, has been better than I thought. I mean, their offensive line has probably played above expectation. Um, but you got a good running back too, really, and and, and uh, Tank Bigsby and uh, Hunter. I just, I, you know, at some point, everybody's going to start packing it in and say, these quarterbacks cannot beat us. And you got to think Manny Diaz is smart enough to do that, right? To pack that Penn State defense and say, until until TJ Finley burns me deep, we we are we are stopping the run. Tank Bigsby is not going to run it. Yeah, there's nothing on film to indicate that he's going to burn you deep. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you make of this uh, Mississippi State-LSU line where Mississippi State's giving points at Tiger Stadium? It, just, it looks so weird that it's hard to fathom it, yet I think if you watch the two teams so far, there's no question that Mississippi State's off to a much better start. I think State's a pretty good team. By the way, that's not the strangest line in America. You want the, the strangest line in America to me? Yeah. Georgia Southern – Wins at Nebraska, gets Scott Frost fired. They come to UAB, who lost at Liberty. UAB's favorite thirteen. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's crazy. I know. I mean, that number's there for a reason, right? Vegas does not make those kinds of mistakes. But man, that one that one blew me away when I saw that number come out. Um, I think State's a pretty good team, and you mentioned we don't really know a ton about them because I'm not sure Memphis is very good. I know Arizona's probably not very good. I didn't think State played. I stayed up and watched that Saturday. I didn't think they played particularly well, and they still won that game going away. Um, I think State's a pretty good team. I like Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator. I like Will Rogers. He runs that system very well. Um, I think Mississippi State's the better of the two teams. I'm not surprised they're favored. It is a skinny number. But, boy, LSU, that's another team where quarterback is just going to be a problem for them, I think. And um, I like State in that game. I, I think I think they win at Tiger Stadium. I think I do, too. Um, yeah. Not going to keep you long. What have you thought of some of the other teams that are, are making some noise in the, in the league and, and then – I mean, obviously, Kentucky, um, they get Rodriguez back here in a couple of weeks in time to play here at Ole Miss on October the 1st. <laughs> How convenient, right? Well, I mean, that's that was Kentucky announcing that, hey, you know what? We are in the SEC. Uh, we, that's right. We're going we're gonna to take SEC rules. 
what have you thought of them? What have you thought of? You mentioned Arkansas. What have you thought of Arkansas? They, they're off to a, a hot start after beating Cincinnati and South and yeah, South Carolina. And then what have yeah. you th- Tennessee? And then what have you thought of what little you've seen of Ole Miss, who has just not played anybody? Yeah, I did not watch much at all of the Central Arkansas game, but I watched a good bit of the Troy no. game. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I just you're not going to learn anything of that. Um, so yeah, let, let, let's um, you know Kentucky to begin with. Um, and by the way, I mean I, I think it's pretty well. It's fairly safe now, wouldn't you assume? Undefeated versus undefeated when Ole Miss and Kentucky play October first. Yeah, I think it's what's going to be. I mean, I'll be surprised yeah. if I mean Kentucky's not losing, and I'd be shocked if Ole Miss lost to Georgia Tech or Tulsa. Yeah, I would too. So, I mean, it, a sneaky good game there, October one, two undefeated, probably top twenty teams. Oh, for um, sure, yeah, 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 maybe top fifteen. I don't know what Ole Miss. You know, I don't know Ole what would happen in front of them. Ole Miss is twentieth now. They'd probably get to about yeah. sixteen. Kentucky's yeah. nine. They'd probably get to eight or seven. So, yeah, it'd be, yeah, be top a, fifteen a, matchup. Be a big game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, Kentucky. I'm just obviously impressed with Stoops. I mean, and, and people talk the Levis stuff in the preseason, and you watch him, and you're like, I guess I can see it. Maybe you know, maybe he is the type of guy that, you know, could be a first round pick. They're just a, they're not a flashy team. You know, I look today, they're they're at the bottom of the league in offense as they always are, but they they can muck a game up better than anybody. I mean, you you get in a game with Kentucky, and you're like, God, we're not even you know, we're out of sync. We're not playing our system. He's just a really good defensive coach and coaches with that chip on his shoulder and his team plays that way. Um, and, and I was very impressed with what they did in Florida because Florida had looked so good against Utah and Richardson just looked like a different quarterback. And, you know, Florida was one of those teams week one I watched. And I'm like, you know, uh, LSU still looks like an Edwards run team. Uh, Brian Kelly hasn't changed that culture yet. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the uh, first year coaches, uh, you know, USC, they look like a Lincoln Riley team. But but Billy Napier, that team just looked totally different from the Dan Mullen era, totally different right away. Sure. And then they then they kind of felt like they slipped back into it a little bit against Kentucky. Just I don't know. Um, Tennessee, I said in the preseason, I thought they would go ten and two. Their defense really concerns me, though. You know, that's another one. You mentioned Quinn Ewers. I don't know how much of that game you're able to watch, but if Slovis doesn't go out of that game, they were going to have a tough time winning that game at Pittsburgh. Um, but then I look at the rest of their schedule right now, and and there's a good chance. They can get past Florida, and they're undefeated playing Alabama uh, on the third Saturday in October, which would be fascinating to me. Um, well, I, look at, do- I look at Kentucky, and if Kentucky beats Ole Miss, the only obstacle between them and 11-1 and one is Tennessee. Yeah, which Tennessee has owned them. But even then, you could, in theory, at least, lose to Tennessee, beat Georgia, and you win the East. Yeah. In theory, assuming, you know, you yeah. got to assume some things with Tennessee there. And assume that Kentucky could beat Georgia, which is a huge assumption. But if listen, man, Stoops already twice has had them playing Georgia. Winner goes to Atlanta. If he could do that for a third time this year, I mean, just name the stadium after the guy. I mean, what more does he need to do? I mean, that's at that point, he's the guy that if you're Nebraska or you're Iowa or whoever, I mean, you just you throw the bank at him and see if he'll if, yeah. if he'll take it. I'm not sure that he would. I think he might have it made in Kentucky for a while. I mean, it, it's a hard job to beat. There's no doubt. So I mentioned Arkansas and Ole Miss, another couple of teams that get Alabama at home. That that if there are obstacles on Alabama's schedule, it's those. Yeah. And, you know, teams have moved the ball against Arkansas. And that's one thing there that is interesting to me. They've, they've looked good offensively. And I wonder what they would do without Traylon Burks. And, you know, they've played, they've, they've played pretty well. But, you know, Cincinnati had much more offensive success against them than I had imagined. And then South Carolina, I mean, you got to give Shane Beamer credit. That team just kept fighting and stayed in that game. So, 
you know, are, were they again, this is coming off a terrible Alabama offensive performance, so it's crazy for me to say this in relation to Alabama, but if you wanted to look at that Arkansas-Alabama game, can they slow Alabama down is a question I have. Um, but there again, now Alabama's got to show me they fixed their offense over uh, these two crucial games they've got coming up now. Louisiana Monroe, with all due respect to ULM, I know the Warhawks are near and dear to your heart. Just let me know when y'all want to have the water skiing tournament. We'll, uh, yes, yes. We'll, Alabama, Alabama only favored 48 in that one, Neil. Yeah. And then uh, and then Vanderbilt, which is next. So, you know, I mean, Alabama has got two tough tests coming up here. Um, and then Ole Miss, I, I mean, look, in the offseason, I was surprised Jackson Dart had not won this job. And as I've watched the games, I am surprised Jackson Dart hasn't really separated himself any more than he has and Neil I don't I don't know you told me I think it was and I don't want to betray your trust I can't remember if it was off this podcast or on this podcast but you told me he just turns the ball over too much he just doesn't take care of the ball uh in scrimmages and you know I mean obviously he's he's not separating himself and I am so surprised by that I am too I think they are um I think they were hoping that that that's probably the wrong term. I think there was an expectation that he would come in, win the job, make it clear, and they could go from there. And it just hasn't really happened. And and then Altmaier hasn't done it either. And so you that's the one worry that you have with Ole Miss is that I because I think defensively they're really good. I think the worry is that if you don't if you're playing two quarterbacks, it's because you don't have one. But Lane seems to at least for now to be like hey this is we're going to keep doing this for a little bit and try to figure it out i'm sure that he looks at october the first against kentucky and goes we got to have it figured out by then because that's probably when they do yeah and and and, you know Ole miss i mean it should be mentioned i mentioned um traylon birch you know braylon sanders who thankfully has tore tore it up in camp for my dolphins he didn't play against the patriots but i mean that guy they hit it as an undrafted free agent had a tremendous count made the team in Miami which is so hard to do as an undrafted free agent so you know that passing game took some hits from from receivers too so you can't just overlook the same thing that's hurting Alabama is they just don't have the experience that they've had a receiver over the last few years hey really appreciate the time I know you're uh, gonna be busy this weekend appreciate you making a little bit of time for us here on the Oxford Exxon podcast it is always fun Neil I love talking football with you you know I'll do it anytime we'll do it thank you Ryan all right Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.